Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I still know how to get here. Uh, it's been... Um, a summer filled with sabbatical for those of you who are uh, new to the church. I'm Justin Coleman, senior pastor here, and um, I've been on sabbatical for these last couple months. And this is my first Sunday back, and so it is so good uh, to be back and see everyone, and we'll figure out if I still know how to talk in front of people. Um, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So before I begin, you may be wondering, okay, so two months of sabbatical, Pastor Justin, what did you do during these two months? And I'll just give you the, the brief picture of it. So when I began the sabbatical, I thought I'd spend hours every day in prayer, uh, hours every day in reading and study. I might write the next great religious novel. Um, I'd uh, lose uh, 60 or so pounds. It's going to be great. Uh, but what happened um, was about three weeks of COVID, uh, not all with me, a couple of the kids and myself a couple of weeks ago, about five weeks of moving uh, between the parsonage uh, and a rental home because we're uh, renovating uh, the, the parsonage. So it was a little bit different, but there was a whole lot of grace along the way. Uh, some wonderful excursions over weekends to uh, see friends I've not seen in years and, and visit churches. Uh, one of my clergy buddies, uh, he got us uh, tickets uh, to see Hamilton on Broadway, which is awesome. Uh, don't be envious because we've just preached a sermon series on that. You shouldn't be envious. Um, that was great. Um, uh, had uh, some wonderful occasion to be in the mountains and at the beach. Uh, folks from our congregation uh, gifted me and the, the kids with some experiences there. And so it was so, so rich. I spent uh, a week in, in Los Angeles with uh, my spiritual uh, director, who's a Jesuit priest and, and uh, lived in their Jesuit uh, house. If you've ever wondered what it's like to, to live in a house with a bunch of priests, it's like a, it's like a holy frat house with better libations. Um, <laughs> Uh, but then a couple days in, uh, I had COVID, which probably got on the plane or, or at the airport. And so I was taken care of by the Jesuits. I meant for it to be a healing time. It was just a different kind of healing time uh, than I expected it uh, to be. Um, and so, though it was different than expected, I encountered Christ on the journey. And that's what our life is about, right? Uh, no matter what the twists and turns are, no matter if it's the journey is what we expected it to be or not, the task is to encounter Christ on the journey and to receive the grace that is for us on the journey. And, and I did indeed encounter Christ on this summer journey and found much grace there. And this ties in well, I think, to our sermon series. We're beginning a new sermon series today. This 
pre-season sermon series. You'll note uh, on the cover of your bulletin this very familiar scene of a football field. And as we move toward our, our kickoff here in uh, September, we'll be talking over these weeks about disciplines that help to, to form the Christian life and help us for the, the big game that is ahead of us in this life. And today we begin by talking about worship. So in our passage from uh, Philippians 3, we find Paul using this image of a race. Now here in the, in the bulletin, we've used the, uh, the image of a football field, which is very familiar to me. I, I'm a Texan, and so all the Friday night lights and nostalgia fill my life. Now, I, um, I did not play football myself. I remember signing up in sixth grade. It was a very pivotal day. It was uh, to be football or playing the saxophone. Uh, and in the morning, the coach uh, decided to run all the sixth graders until uh, the majority of us uh, lost our breakfast. Uh, and then later in the day, I found that everybody in the world thought the saxophone was cool, so I went with that. Uh, and, but I did, in high school, spend a lot of time in marching band, did the drum major thing. It was all great. And so there's so much nostalgia about the football field. Uh, the smell of the grass or the smell of the astroturf. I can still remember it well. All those practices in the summer heat and then in the autumn, which was like summer light in Texas. Uh, all the time spent with uh, the football team, observing their practices and doing practices of our own. And really begin to value that time, to value the, the preseason time, the time leading up to the season, because that's where so much formation happened. That's where so much character building happened. And, and in those early days of, of practice in the preseason, so much time is spent learning a, what we're focused on. What's our aim this season? What's the culture of our team? Who are we meant to be as individual players, but also as a collective, as a team? And worship is kind of like that. Now, there are many things that happen in the life of a worship service, but part of what we do when we gather here week after week is we determine what our focus is. We talk about the, the culture of this place, not only uh, this particular local expression of Christ's church, but what it means to be a Christian. We talk about the aim and the focus of the Christian life, and that aim and that focus is Jesus. For Paul, that was his aim and focus. We know that Paul wrote 
the majority of the New Testament, these New Testament letters that we read. But this was not always Paul's focus. Jesus was not always Paul's focus. Some of you know Paul's backstory. Uh, Paul was a person, and his, his goal, his focus, was being the best uh, Jewish person he could be, the best Jewish leader he could be. But he, but he lived within a particular tradition in Judaism. He studied with some of the best teachers, and, and his thought was, I am going to be the best follower of the law of Moses out there. If I'm going to be perfected in anything, that is what I'm going to be perfected in doing. And Paul was concerned. He was concerned about these Christian upstarts, these people who followed the way of Jesus. And Paul had a notion of the the purity of his religious journey. And as an aside, I would say that Gosh, when we get so focused on the purity of one particular way of thinking religiously or in other ways, it's really easy to fall into a pattern like Paul fell into. See, his brand of religious purity said, hey, if you're not following this way, you are out of bounds. And these Christians are out of bounds. And so I am going to persecute them. I'm going to hunt them down. I'm going to imprison them. Some of them will be put to death. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, he's like, like uh, the religious version of an inquisitor uh, who hit down the Jedi. Like I got really uh, geeky, easy friends. Y'all remember that? So he's kind of like that. He's hunting these folks down because of his notion of, of what uh, religious purity is about. It's a narrow band for it. And so he's pursuing this full steam ahead. He's been practicing his whole life for it. He's very clear about his focus. He's very clear about his goal. But then one day, Jesus puts his hand on Paul's shoulder. He interrupts him literally as Paul is moving down a path. It is a blinding revelation of Christ. And then what Paul thought was his, what his past was about and what his future was supposed to be about changed significantly. This is why I think Paul says here in verse 13, brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do, do know this one thing, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and I reach for the things ahead of me. In Paul's mind, Paul is thinking about his past. And what his focus was and and what those goals were. And he's thinking about how Jesus radically shifted that, radically shifted how he understood his past and radically shifted his goals. And his life became about Christ, pursuing Christ. It was a, a in Christ alone life. Everything else was secondary to Christ, to following the way of Christ. And that is how our lives are. When we think about our past and how Christ moves us beyond this past to a preferred future, it's not just always the past 
before we uh, became a Christian, because many of us have been Christians for many years, perhaps even since we were born. But there are things in our past. There are things that we may have done yesterday. There are things we may have done this morning. And we're saying, Jesus, I need your help in putting those things behind me. If I make my life all about those things, if I allow those things to dominate my life, even if it's the the pain of it or, or the guilt of it, if I allow those things to dominate my life, it is going to direct me toward a certain kind of future. I need to lay those things aside and allow Christ to lay them aside so I can press on ahead toward a goal, toward a prize, for a life in Christ Jesus that is the most important life any one of us can imagine. We'll we'll be singing a hymn here in a moment. You might take out your bulletin and take a glance at the, at the hymn. It's a hymn uh, titled In Christ Alone. It's a, it's a fairly modern uh, hymn. Uh, and some have called it the amazing grace of our generation. This hymn talks about the life of Christ. This life of Christ that that Paul seeks to be caught up in. This life of Christ that Paul encourages us to be caught up in. And we talk, this hymn talks about the the life and death and the the saving power of Christ on the cross because uh, just like for Paul, our lives come to uh, an intersection. It's a a cruciform, it's a cross-shaped intersection. Uh, where we seek to be moved and, and guided through the life of Christ and allow our lives to be changed and transformed by the power of the cross. And we, we see that in this hymn. The first stanza of the hymn talks about our Christian hope. It says, you know, our hope is in the Lord. Now, we sometimes are tempted to hope into, in all kinds of places. Uh, hope in our political leaders. Hope in our institutional leaders, hope in our finances, hope in our educations, hope in our uh, jobs. We, we, we put hope in all kinds of places, hope in other people. We place our hope in Christ, our light, our strength, our song. The second verse talks about the incarnation of Christ and, and the cross, the power of Christ's life and the, and the power of our redemption through the cross. The third talks about resurrection. It talks about our new life, this life that is burst forth and the new day that is given to us because the power of Christ's resurrection. And then the fourth verse talks about our liberation, our prize. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. And so what we're going to sing today is about our focus. 
the focus of our lives and what worship is meant to do. Again, a lot of things happen in worship. But worship is meant to refocus on what's most important. And that is our life in Christ. And pursuing that life in Christ with all of our heart, with all of our being. So my challenge to us this day is to live in the way that this hymn prescribes, to to focus our life in Christ alone. Again, there are many distractions that happen in each and every week, in each and every day, but we're, we're to return to our center in Christ alone. Remember that this is the calling of the Christian life. There's a bishop of the um, Orthodox Church, Bishop Anthony of Suroza, who says, we should try to live in such a way that if the Gospels were lost, they could be rewritten by looking at us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing challenge? We should try to live in such a way that if the Gospels were lost, they could be rewritten by looking at us. That only happens if you focus your life in Christ and place your hope in Christ alone. It's a powerful encouragement. It's a powerful challenge for each of us. And like the Apostle Paul, We seek to be a people who pursue the prize of God, the prize of God's call, which is in Christ Jesus. In Christ alone, my hope is found. In Christ alone, our hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let's stand and sing together. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.